Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. Unless, of course, you're Josh McDaniels. <laughs> but it is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to respond to us at hashtag Undisputed Live. We will get to Chase Young to the 49ers and Jerry Jones doing nothing and Wimby over KD. All of that in just a few minutes here on Undisputed. But right now, it is time to deep dive into the story of the night. Josh McDaniels fired by the Raiders on Halloween night after the Raiders fell to three and five with that horrifying performance on Monday night. Many angles to this, but here we go first. We'll, we'll get to Richard Sherman in just a few minutes here, but let's start with you, Mr. Keyshawn Johnson. Were you at all surprised that Raiders owner Mark Davis fired Josh McDaniels after only eight games? Not surprised at all. In fact, Skip, we had a conversation about this yesterday we on did. this show, this yes. very show. Yes, and, sir, and, we did. And when it happened and I saw it, I was like, I said to myself, I said, I wonder if, I wonder if he sat in his office and heard me, you and Richard having this conversation, yep. already ready to push the fire button. Yep. But then he heard us really giving yep. evidence mm -hmm. as to why Josh McDaniels should have never been hired in the yep. first place. And then all of a sudden, this happens. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all. I think when you look at this situation, this is his second time as a head coach. It is. In Denver, he failed. He failed. Okay. He, he basically, like you like to say, he quit on the Indianapolis Colts after accepting the he job did. in 2018. He it said, I bizarre. didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Pretty bizarre. Well, I, I thought maybe Kraft had positioned him to be Belichick's guy. Yeah. You know, everybody thought that, yeah. and that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then he gets this Raider job yep. after they decided to not go with Rich Basaccia because of the John Gruden debacle. Basaccia gets in position. As you know, he takes him, wills them through all sorts of craziness. Did he? And they decide to go away from him mm -hmm. and hire Josh McDaniels. Now, Even though it felt like the players wanted Versace to stay absolutely on. Absolutely yeah. wanted uh, Rich to stay on. Because you'd There's gone no 10 question. and 7, made There's the no question. Yeah. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah. He deserved the opportunity to yep. be the head coach. Mm -hmm. And they decide to do something different. But this is the Raiders. The Raiders are always doing something wild. Now yep. maybe Tom Brady's in the building. They can finally get things turned around with a little bit of his expertise and his input, Skip. But when you look at Josh McDaniels' total record at 20 and 33, think about this for a minute. Remember, he interviewed for the San Francisco 49er job as well before they hired Kyle Shanahan. Good point. And, and then they decided to go with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan yep. instead of Josh McDaniels and whoever he wanted to be the general manager. Imagine that would have changed history. Oh, yep. my God. That would have mm -hmm. changed San Francisco's yep. history big time. Notable coaches and general managers out of the Bill Belichick tree. I don't, I don't get it. 
I don't understand it because when you got Romeo Cordell, who I love to death, hell of a defensive-minded no coach, doubt. can coach it up. Absolutely. He wasn't great in no. Houston and Cleveland. Mm -mm. Even though in Houston he was the interim, but in Cleveland he was the head coach yep. as well as Kansas City. Not good. Eric Mangini. Been knowing Eric Mangini all the way from my New York Jet days when he was working with Parcells. Not great. No. Couple opportunities. Then you look at Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, Charlie Weiss, my ex-offensive coordinator. Not great. Not great. It just, I, I don't understand how the owners and general managers select. Like I said yesterday, I want the guy that does not interview well. I want to hire him. Because every time you're hiring these guys that interview well, we're having a conversation about notable assistant coaches with a total record of 139-221. That's 386. Mm. They're not even 500. Winning percentage, yeah. Winning percentage, mm -hmm. yep. and it mm -hmm. keeps happening. Yep. But here's silver line for the Raiders. Don't rush into anything, Mark Davis. You got plenty of time. You got about 10, 11 weeks before the season is over. Mm -hmm. They will play for AP, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce has never been a head coach in college or a head coach in the National Football League, but he was a head coach in high school. He was. He was a defensive coordinator. Out here in Southern California. He was a yep. defensive mm -hmm. coordinator, Arizona State. He was. The respect level mm -hmm. is, is high. I, I would give him a shot to win over the team and maybe win the job. I, I give him a hell of a mm -hmm. shot to win yep. over the team mm -hmm. in the job because one of the things he played, he played at the highest level. Won a and Super so, Bowl and with the first Eli Super Bowl. Won yep, the Super Brady. Bowl, mm -hmm. but he also understands the personalities. There's no conflict. It's straight up, Skip. It's like me and you talking. There won't be a conflict. You say what you're going to say. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. You know Antonio? You, uh, well, very, 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 okay. very, very I, I, well. I know him like very well brother. because I worked closely with him at ESPN. He used to be on the show with us. We are both regularly. from Southern California. Absolutely. We kind of grew up in the NFL together. Yep. I'm rooting for him. What he will do, though, is he will delegate to the right position he coaches will. to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Now you breathe. This is this is the Rich Basaccia mm -hmm. situation. It you is. breathe some real fresh air into an organization and a fan base that's so desperately needed. Mm -hmm. If you just look at the timeline of the bad losses, mm -hmm. you the Jeff Saturday came out of the, 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 the came out of NFL Live with me and get up with me and went right in. To Indianapolis and beat the Raiders. Beat them. Beat, them. beat the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Dude didn't know nothing about coach. Don't mm -hmm. even know the staff, know nothing. Yep. That's embarrassing. It was so at right. some point in time, yes, Josh McDaniels and Dave uh, Ziegler mm -hmm. was going to be fired. Yep. Ziegler was going to be yep. fired mm -hmm. at some point in time because you could simply tell they were not playing for him. No. They didn't like his personality. No. And it was too, it was just too much of this New England. You know, you got rid of, no matter what you say about Carr, you got rid of a guy that was liked, he that was. was a solid quarterback, and then you go get an often hurt quarterback yep. in Jimmy Garoppolo, mm -hmm. and you pay him a ton of money, Skip. You paid him, you paid him a ton of money. Three years, $73 million. And you give him a no-trade clause. Mm -hmm. After Derek was the, your starting quarterback for nine years. And I think yeah. he missed two and a half games he thus did. far. He did. So when you start the. And it, despite missing two and a half games, it's like Dak last year, he still leads the NFL in interceptions. And so ahead. when you look at all of that, yep. the decisions along the way uh, certainly no. sealed your faith. Okay. It. To your point, do I believe Mark Davis watched us yesterday? It's highly possible he did. Did he watch a lot of shows yesterday? It's highly possible he did. 
owning these teams, especially when you're a legacy, especially when your father was one of the greats who ever did this both ways. He was Jerry way before Jerry because Al Davis, as you know, was a, a coach. Maverick. And, and then he was the Maverick. But he coached in the old AFL League, and then he was a GM, and then he became an owner. And I got to know him very well, and I was blessed to know him and Bill Walsh at the same time. But I'm a big fan of Al Davis's, even though you can argue about all the things he did taking on the NFL. I got it. He was the ultimate maverick. He yes. almost invented the word, the description maverick. His son grew up watching his father be great at this. Not good at it, but great at it. Win Super Bowls. And his son grew up watching his father invent different forms of offense that, that required the quarterback to throw it as far as he could because they were just everyone go long bombs away and do you remember cliff branch absolutely your number time? 21 no okay, number i was I, okay right when i started really watching football all right there you go so i just for the heck of it i look back at cliff branch and I, again i covered a lot of those raiders teams he, he was a lightning out of colorado by the mm -hmm. way out of where deanna's coaching now but i looked at his long catches in 76 he had an 88 yarder in 80 he had an 86 yarder in 83 he had a 99 yarder because that's what he did he ran past people on monday night the raiders had a grand total of 77 passing yards and on monday night on combined third and fourth down they went one for 12. It's, it's so humiliating for a Mark who grew up under Al watching the greatness happen that the shame of it, because in the end, owning these teams, it's a lot about bragging rights. It's a lot oh, about absolutely. It's, it's about your pride. It's about being able to go to an I, owner's I tell meeting. People, yeah. I, tell, I tell people all, yeah. that, all the time, Skip, I say, one thing that all owners got in common, they got money. There's no question about it, right? Yeah, like, like you just said, serious when money. they go to the owner meetings yeah. and you see him walking down the hallway and he's got the big ring on and the guy says, well, what are you doing this offseason? Well, I don't know. We're throwing a party for our Super Bowl. That eats at the core eats of at some it. of those guys. Mm -hmm. Because you can buy whatever you want, except you can't buy that Lombardi. Can't it's hard. It. And it's hard to, to get one. It's hard to keep them. And it's been years and years and years since the Raiders even played in a Super Bowl game because the last time was, mm -hmm. was your Super Bowl that you beat them in, and that was a Bill Callahan team, obviously, and you crushed them on that day. At least that team got there. But the point is, Mark's had a long, hard run as the son to the father, and it's killing him. It's eating him alive. He's humiliated by Monday. That was Monday night football on a solo stage. So back to the question... Am I surprised? I, I guess for I, when I first heard it, it, it shook me a little bit like, already? You, you just you, you got to Halloween night and you said, that's enough. But then I thought back about what, what a disaster Monday night was, how embarrassing it was for a Davis to be involved in that, to be, to, to, to be seen as overseeing that. And to your point, everything has gone wrong. And you, you mentioned some of the debacles, but I, I looked down at some of these Remember, they had a 20 to nothing halftime lead against Arizona, Arizona and, yeah. and they blew that. And that was yep. the biggest collapse in franchise history under Josh McDaniels. You mentioned the Jeff Saturday game. There was the Baker Mayfield game where he just shows up in L.A. and has one practice and then goes out on Thursday night and says, I got you. And they blow a lead. And he throws a late walk off TD pass. It, it's humiliating. This is Al Davis's, you know, used to be Oakland Raiders. And then two weeks ago, they lost to Chicago with. 
Tyson Bajan as the quarterback, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the rookie. And he's not bad. But, but again, it was 30 to 12. And <laughs> Mark Davis said, I have seen enough. And I do not blame him for this, which brings up an interesting point. He now has a minority owner, just a, a piece of the team. And this guy's name is, oh, yeah, it's that guy Brady. He, not even arguably, was the greatest player who ever played this game of football. Do you think Tom Brady had some input into this decision? I'm going to guess some input. I, I don't think Mark Davis would do this going completely solo on it. I, I think, think he, you, would, he would bounce it off Tom just to get absolutely. Tom. Absolutely. Okay. You will bounce things off yeah. of. Even though Mark is the managing general partner. Yeah, but, but right? you got somebody you that absolutely. understands the game. Okay. And you just want to ask him, even though. You probably have made the decision, but you want clarification. You yeah. need a stamp of approval. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? Why is the offense this way? Tom has nothing but love for Josh McDaniels, yeah. but it's not. he's in a business now. It's not about what we did in New England. It's about what can we do for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. So I'm sure there was a, a, a conversation okay. to be had. It's better to cut bait now than to wait till the bye week or week 14 yeah. or something like that I got to fire it. a guy. All right. Here's the irony. I believe, and you and I go back and forth about this because you are a Belichick fan more than I am, but I believe that, that all of these guys who struggle as head coaches are all products of Tom Brady in the end because I believe Belichick is a product of Tom Brady more than you do. I know where what your position is. But, but again, Tom was so great. Tom had so many game-winning drives in fourth quarters and overtime of Super Bowls that it canceled out all the negative. It, it, it allowed that franchise to go on a dynastic run with him as the leader of the locker room that produced, it, 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 it sort of created all these potential head coaches up and down the Belichick tree. And to your point, Nobody has ever seized control of an opportunity and become the next Belichick, right? Well, well, here's what I would say about that, though, Skip. Romeo Cornell was a defensive coordinator. He was. had nothing to do with Tom Brady. Nope. Okay, okay those I, I, I got several... it. But, but the, the success rate of the franchise allows you to, to, to become a, a head coaching the, the, candidate. The, that is correct. But Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss got their jobs after the first dynasty, mm-hmm. not in between or the yeah, last okay. dynasty. Right. So it's a little different with those guys. They okay. were headed but, in the but, right okay, direction. Let's just pin it to Josh McDaniels. He you is a product it. of Tom Brady. Oh, I don't I, care I, what I you said, say. I said to you the other yeah, day, we no. can hide behind Peyton Manning and Tom Brady as a you coordinator. Can. You can. You're damn no, skippy no, we can. No, I didn't mean to say skippy, but no, I got you're, it. you're damn right no, we can. You're exactly right. There's no question we can hide Behind those two quarterbacks. Josh we can hide has, behind Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Josh has six Super Bowl rings because he was calling plays for Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. And God knows how many plays Tom audibled out of or uh, had already suggested, like the yeah. game plan that he was following was Tom's game plan. I don't know that he was there all six years. Yeah. I know he was I there. He was. But he wasn't calling the plays the first yeah, Right, right. It was all Charlie Weiss doing that. Yes, but, but of he, course, was, he was there. Yeah, yes. he was there. Of course mm-hmm. he's hiding behind Tom mm-hmm. Brady. It's very easy to see. Yeah. But, again, I'd rather have a coach who does not interview well than somebody who the league signs off on. See, one of the problems, one of the major problems with the National Football League and the owners, Skip, and you know this, is there's a list. That's, that is compiled 
from Park Avenue mm -hmm. that says, here are the head coaching candidates yep. that we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so those owners get that list yep. and they start looking at it and falling in love yep. based on their conversations at owner meetings and senior bowls and in, in, in dinners. Instead of just saying, I can identify that guy mm -hmm. as my head coach. Yep. Okay, just like Mr. Kraft did with Bill Belichick, based on his relationship that he had in his tenure under Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. Now I got a chance to know him and understand him. So when Bill leaves, I hire Pete because he goes with, to the Jets. But when I fire Pete, yep. that's the guy I want. There you go. And, and so he didn't have to go to the committee to ask who yep. I should hire. Yep. He didn't have to do mm -hmm. that. He made that decision on his own. Too many owners listen to one another and they keep getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And the Raiders have got, that's why I said, Mark Davis has got to slow down. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of candidates that's out there for him that are viable candidates. Yep. You just got to taper down a little bit. Okay. So you look at a Josh McDaniels who flourished with Tom Brady at quarterback. And then what, what has he ever done post Brady? I mean, it's hard to believe he even got a second chance in the league because Denver did not work. He rubbed everybody the wrong way. I don't know if you remember all the yeah, internal absolutely. where, where he, oh, yeah. he alienated everybody absolutely. in the franchise. And then remember, he went, quote unquote, Belichick in the game in London when, when he went videotape of the walkthrough of the opponent. Allegedly. And, and well, he got caught. <laughs> and, and that was the end of yeah. him in Denver. And then it shocked me that Mark Davis would say, let's recycle him. Let's give him a second well, every, chance. Again, Skip, that's what's wrong with the league. Yeah. It's a microwave league when mm -hmm. it comes to coaches. They're yep. going to recycle him. What you do is you go sit in the corner for a little bit. You, you take an assistant job. You yep. reestablish who you are. Mm -hmm. And you win a few games. You develop some guys that make people think, oh, he's a, he was young. When he first took the Denver job, he wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. He's more seasoned now. And they go, okay. They call Bill. Bill says, what do you think? If you want him, it's fine with me. I don't care. Mm. And then they go, okay. And they sign him up. Mm. That, that's the way it works. They, you see, he, a guy like Matt Nagy yeah. will be another head coach in several years. Because what's going to happen is potential. he's yep. going to hide behind mm -hmm. yep. Patrick Mahomes and mm -hmm. Andy Reid. Yep. And that story will be told by the media that he's the reason this is happening in some owner yep. at some city mm -hmm. on some team, Skip, will say, I want to bring him in for an interview. Right. And he'll interview well, and they'll hire him. Yeah. So Josh got exposed once again this year because all of a sudden you look at the Raiders and he's calling plays for, oh, Jimmy G, and they fall to 31st in total off, 31st. These are the Raiders we're talking that about. That means he's one, one, one better one, than one, one team. Better huh? than one team. And you look at what's happened to Devontae Adams. He, he, he averaged 89 yards receiving a game last year, and he's fallen down to 67. He caught 14 touchdown passes last year. He now has three. His yards per catch have fallen dramatic. This is a big dip. This is from 15 per catch down to 11 and a half a catch. And Hunter Renfro was a pro bowler once upon yeah. a time. And in 2021, before Josh got there, he caught 103 balls as a slot receiver. I actually thought, well, by Josh going over there, yeah. that Renfro was getting ready to be the Julian Edelman of the a offense, absolutely. the Wes Welker of the offense. Yeah. 
but he just basically, in fact, they were thinking about getting rid of him last year. I guess so, because he went from 103 catches in 2021. He now has 10 through eight games with 16 targets. He's not even a factor. And Monday night, the, the, the capper to Monday night was that Devontae caught one ball for 11 yards and was twice wide open deep for, for throws that could have changed the game and hit, you know, impacted the scoreboard. And Jimmy G missed him both times, badly missed him. Both yeah, times. And, and you talked about Mark Davis seeing what we had to say yesterday, but he also saw the frustration in his star receiver that he paid a handsome ransom to go get. He, he saw that frustration. Yeah. And when you see that, you, you can now dissect that and look at it and go, well, that ain't just because yeah. he's not getting the football. Mm-hmm. It's because they're not utilizing him. We're losing football games. And that is the main re- that's the main guy we went and got. And we paid a bunch to go get him. And then a year later, I was convinced to move on yeah. from the quarterback was the reason we went and got the guy in the first place because of his college quarterback. Yeah. And then we got him and we move on from the college quarterback to go get Jimmy good, Garoppolo. Good so point. it becomes a domino effect in all of this, Skip, that has created yeah. such an issue for the Raiders in Las Vegas. So finally, I cannot let Mark Davis off the hook here because in his tenure since his father passed, this is Antonio Pierce will be his eighth different head coach. And I'll just list them real quickly. Hugh Jackson, Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, your favorite John Gruden, Versace, and now Josh McDaniels. That's eight. So, again, there's like, only th- there's this, only two guys on that list that I would say they probably should have got a little more time. That would okay. be Jack Del Rio yeah. and Rich Versace. Okay, and you're out on Gruden completely. I don't. I, okay. That didn't do nothing for me. All right. It didn't do nothing. What did but it do? You, you you didn't click with him when you played for it him. It didn't do anything, though, no, Skip. No. Okay. What were they winning? It was the same no, thing. It was the same thing. It was the same thing. I, I agree. But I don't think we can go to like father, like son with Al and Mark because Mark is not proving yet to be a chip off the old block. I like Mark. I think he's a, a decent guy. But it, it, just because you're that man's son does not mean that you're gifted in the art of picking the right head coach to, to turn your franchise around. Yeah, and, and when you haven't necessarily had the success yeah. that your dad had or other owners have had, is very hard to identify because, again, you're listening to people opposed to just saying to yourself, yep. I got a football guy with me now in, in <clears throat> Tom Brady. So I would be shocked if he wouldn't lean heavy on Brady's he knowledge will. about yeah. what he should do next because I trust Brady. Okay. I literally will trust what Brady says. There's a lot of people in this business, Skip, that they trust, that have no idea what no the hell they're talking about. Agreed. But but it's a it's like a, I don't know what it is. It's it's a it's a game that's being played, mm-hmm. and because someone's had success on the field, you assume based on all the hype around them that they know what they're talking about. So you lean on them, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, you should hire this guy." It's like, no, you shouldn't hire that guy. Yeah. Well, so-and-so told me to hire him because he played for him. He's a great coach. It's no, like, no, no, no. All right. Speaking of Tom Brady, it is now unclear as Antonio Pierce takes over as a defensive guy who played, as you point out, linebacker and his coach. He's been a defensive coordinator all the way up, and he will be fixated and focused mostly on the defensive side of the football. 
You do have Brady in-house. It's unclear who will call plays. This is just pie in the sky for me because I'm the biggest Brady fan. Would I love to see Tom sit in the press box and call plays for, I guess it's going to be his old buddy, Jimmy No. G. Okay. Well, no, he, I he don't want to do see Tom yeah. call plays okay. All right. and ruin Tom's legacy. I know. Well, that's what no, would happen. I don't want be to. Calls. Although I would like Tom calling plays. <laughs> or Jimmy G better than I would like Josh McDaniels calling. No, guys. Josh isn't there anymore. So yeah, no, I, I don't know who the offensive, well, I, I don't, don't know, know who's offensive know coach is going to be. Because Antonio's going to be there for the duration of this season yeah. for the next nine Tom, games. Tom's doing just fine. Just stay yeah. up there and, and be an owner and deal with that. Don't try to call plays. Well, what, what he's focused on is coming to work here well, next focus, year. Yeah. Focus on that too, yes, but don't call plays. Don't, don't listen to Skip. No, because the moment that he does something wrong, it's yeah. like it's going to be a whole conversation about yeah. it. Plus, when you're calling plays, you can't run the play, so you can't exactly you can't trust yourself anymore. It's not all about you. It's in the end, it's about the guy that you used to get along with pretty well, but who Belichick wanted to replace you, and that would have been a disaster for Belichick, as if Mac Jones isn't. All right, up next, we've got to get to the other story of the day yesterday, the trade deadline day story. And I'll tell you why I am not afraid of Chase Young to the Niners what? as a Cowboy fan. I am Man, not come on, Skip. Oh, Lord, have mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. Whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this. Crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew. Ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Those 49ers made the move of the day at yesterday's trade deadline, getting Chase Young for a third-round pick. Richard Sherman, good morning to you. Now, you played for the 49ers. You remain close to many of the current 49er players. So, scale of 1 to 10, how much will Chase Young help the 49ers? I, I, I'll say seven and a half, Skip. You know, I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's just it, it, they have to get some things figured out, period, point blank, with or without Chase Young. You know, they're bringing him to the, to the fold. He's a tremendous talent. Um, he's a guy that can make an impact. 
but so are the guys that they already have. And they're not using them in the way that they've used them in the past. And they're not getting home at the rate in which they have in the past. So they have to spend this bye week correcting that immediately before they can even worry about, I I don't know what Chase Young's impact. If Chase Young, I mean, Chase Young will have a lower impact if they're just running him into blockers as they have been with the rest of the D-line over the course of the last three games. If they don't let them just get in their four rush lanes and rush up the field and win their one-on-ones, they're going to struggle. And so I hope that they're figuring out a better plan going forward to use utilize all of their talent. But if he comes in and plays the way he has this season, he will have a great impact on this team. And I, I think it'll help. Okay, yeah. real quick before you go, Keyshawn. Richard, back to you for a second. Are you suggesting it's time to take play calling away from Steve Wilkes? Or, or are we heading in that direction? Is it is it it's, Wilkes' it's time. fault? It, 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 it's I don't know if it's all Wilkes' fault because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say hey every decision you know players got to make plays too you know there are times he's called in the right calls that guys aren't executing but the zero call in the middle of the field yeah. with 16 seconds to go against Minnesota would get a lot of people you know on the hot seat um, at a lot of different spots you know and and on a great team like this to make a decision like that it's gonna make a head coach like Kyle Shanahan scratch his head because you were better than the team that you were playing, and the only way you could have them get in that game is to make mistakes like that, to pressure them unnecessarily and give them a chance at huge plays instead of just making them walk the ball down the field in two minutes and stopping them and and getting off the field and going home. And so I think Kyle Shanahan is definitely going to explore that option. I'm not sure the options that he has internally you know, to, to say, hey, Steve's not going to call it. I have somebody else to call it. If he doesn't have anybody in place, then he has to continue to allow Steve to call the plays. But I think he's going to force him to adjust. And he's going to force him to talk to Chris Kasarek, the D-line coach, and hear him out, hear the things that need to be changed so that his guys can be more effective and have more success. So I don't think, I, 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 unless he goes to, to Daniel Bullock, I don't see it really, really changing Necessarily, unless he has somebody already in mind in the fold that he could say, hey, you're going to do it. Like, he's always had that succession plan. He had D'Amico after Salah. I don't think he had somebody after D'Amico Ryans. Yep. So, I, I don't see it happening immediately. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's as big of a deal other than having communication, getting them on the same page in terms of Steve Wilkes, who's been a pretty good defensive coordinator in this league, I think Shanahan will give him that leeway to change it and fix it. You can't go into a panic mode after three losses when you're only scoring 17 points on the offensive side of the ball. So they just got some bi-week things that they need to fix. But back to the original question, you should be afraid of Chase Young. You should be, Skip. Mm -hmm. And the reason you should be is because he's playing pretty good football. He's finally healthy. Okay, is rookie. He? He's Are you sure? Well, I mean, based on the way he's played this year, it certainly seems to be- make me believe that he is healthy. Rookie, defensive rookie of the year in 2020. Then he plays nine games. He gets hurt. Okay. He comes back in 2022. Only can play three. Still trying to figure it out. Now you start to look at him. He's got five sacks on the year in seven games. He's got tackle. He's got seven tackles for loss. He's pressuring the quarterback. He's doing all of those sort of things. And then you talk about, schematic-wise, mm-hmm. where they're going to line him up at. I have no idea. But what I do know is he played with Nick Bosa at Ohio State. He did. Okay? 
That's a motivating factor to look across the field or on the other side of the, uh, of, on the, other side of the defense mm -hmm. and say, oh, my guy's at the left defensive end. I'm at the right. Yep. Oh, we can go eat together. They're going to line us up on the same side. All of those sort of things. Plus, as Richard has always said, they, from the front to the back, yep. they got guys that can actually play. They, and then you say, well, how are they going to find snaps for all these guys? They'll find snaps. It's mm. called rotation. You want your D lineman to be fresh. You mm. want to have depth. We talked about the Dallas Cowboys originally having supposedly all this depth on their defensive line. They do. Well, now the 49ers are really deep. Mm. on the defensive line side. Mm. In fact, they tried to get even deeper going after Jalen Johnson, the corner from the Chicago Bears, but they didn't want to give up a first-round pick and not be able to sign a bunch of other guys in the future. So they said, we're not willing to give up a one, so therefore Chicago is stuck with him. They're doing all the right things. Now all they got to do is fix the defensive scheme, Richard, and I think the 49ers will be back where they were mm. five weeks ago. Okay, so what's your scale of 1 to 10 on impact of Chase Young? Are you up at a 10? I'm at a, I'm at a 10. You're at a 10? Because okay. I, think about, I, think about, I think about Gregory. I think about Ormstead. I think about Bosa. And if they need a space eater in Kinlaw. I mean, I just look at all of those things that they have on the field. Yep. And to be able to say they went and got him for a reason. Uh. They didn't just get him because... They felt, oh, we need another body. No, they went and got him because they see the impact that he was making this year uh, for Washington on the field when he was out there. Uh, I've been thinking about all those 49ers for the last three games, and they just keep losing games. I've been thinking about Randy Gregory, once a Dallas Cowboy, and thinking about what Keyshawn said the day the 49ers acquired him. You said, you guys are in trouble. You missed the boat again. Could have had him back. No, nope, no, nope. you just stood pat and let him escape to the 49ers. And I guess the 49ers are not that happy yet with Randy Gregory because they had to go get Chase Young. It's called depth. Oh. I want to I wanna get the best players possible. Yeah. It, it sounds yeah, like it's, it's – uh, go ahead, Richard. It's all about January football for Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco True. 49ers. Absolutely. So that's what they're getting these guys for. Yep. That's what they got Christian McCaffrey for. They got him for January football, not – not October football, not November football. They got him for January football. And when January football comes around and everybody's banged up and everybody's tight and everybody's, like, streamlined and focused, yep. they're going to have pass rushers galore. And when we were at our best in Seattle, we had pass rushers galore. The year we went to the, the – won, uh, we won the Super Bowl, we had – Chris Clements, and then we, had, we, then we had Mike Bennett and Cliff Averill coming off the bench. We had yep. Bruce Irvin. Like it, they, they were coming in waves and mm -hmm. waves and waves yep. and waves. Every time one subbed out, another subbed in, and he's just as ferocious as the last one. And so you talk about guys that can keep going. They're going to have guys that, hey, once you sub out, you're not getting a break. You're not taking a, a water break while the next guy comes in. Chase Young comes out. Randy Gregory's come, comes, coming in. Mm -hmm. Um Nick Bosa comes out, you're going to probably deal with Drake Jackson. Yep. And in the interior, Javon Hargrave is no slouch. You know what he did in Philadelphia? He's had a pretty solid year so far, and Chase Young is having a career year. So yep. I'm excited to see it. I'm just cautiously optimistic, though, Skip. I, I got to see it. I got to see them fix it first. Okay. I, I think Richard was heading where I'm going to go because I, I'm on record about Chase Young before he was drafted. You can look it up if you so choose. I did not love him before he was drafted. He went second overall, but I watched him closely at Ohio State, and I didn't see the second pick in the draft 
consistently. He did not pop. I, I don't watch coaches tape. I watch television. You need to jump off my screen if you're going to be the second pick in the draft. And in the biggest games against a Michigan or a Penn State, he did not leap off my TV screen. And in Washington, he has had his moments because he's a very talented, very young man. He's still only, what, 24 years of age. So I'm going to give you that. But even though he's had his moments and he was the defensive rookie of the year, he never scared me when he played against Dallas because he was a non-factor. He disappeared against Dallas. He never took over games where I said, oh, there's the next Micah Parsons. He's not he a Micah Parsons. He hasn't been around no skipping takeover that. games. The dude got hurt. Okay. You can't judge him on his rookie right. season and he was defensive rookie of the year. And then he, he's Still been hurt. Still haven't seen it. And I don't see the motor run as hot as you need to run at that position. It still feels to me like it was a bit of a desperate move on the part of a desperate team. Maybe even a panic-prone move on the part of a team that has, has gone from we're the best team by far to we just lost three straight games. And I'm still starting to think that the 49ers played their Super Bowl against Dallas, and it was 42 to 10, and you got me on that one because we played our toilet bowl game that night. But again, did they max out and we crapped out all at once? That's how it's starting to feel to me after the 49ers lost three in a row and reached for a third-round pick rather desperately, if not panic-prone, for a Chase Young who who has never lived up to the billing how of can the you second live, pick. How could you skip, live up skip. to the billing, skip, yes. if the young man has been injured, mm -hmm. he's finally healthy, his numbers are backing up the health issues yeah. that you have, so and much like Richard said, this is not about okay. the Dallas Cowboys. Why okay? did this is about okay, January? I, I'm with this you. is I about understand. if I, I, I get to it. the Super Bowl, I got I've it. got quarterbacks at the yep. AFC. I got to get on the ground. All right, here's all I know for sure about Chase Young. The Washington Commanders just said, eh, we're out. Because the Washington Commanders did not pick up his fifth-year option because they're not sold on Chase Young. Are you sold, Mr. 10 out of 10? Skip. I, I'm not. Skip. Skip. Skip, it, it, they, the, the San Francisco, this is a, a, a pretty much no-risk move for the San Francisco 49ers. The reason okay. I say that is they, because the third-round picks that they traded, that they, they got, got them back. I, I understand. They got them. Not, not only did taken. they get them back, they got them for free. They did. They got them because they right. sent coordinators and a GM out, and they got picks in exchange. And if he walks in free agency, he'll likely get a deal that gets him another third-rounder back. So it's a shrewd business move okay. by John uh, Lynch for a high – High ceiling guy right. who could be a low you, risk guy. I give you shrewd, but how about impact? Even if we change our question to how will Chase Young impact the 49ers for this entire football season? Are you still at a 10? Because I, I'm, I'm still, not. I, 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 you, skip. We got a guy in here for a third round pick. Mm -hmm. We're not asking him to play 70 plays. We want you to be in a rotation. And when you fresh, we want you to go on the other side and chase down Jared Goff. That's, that's what we brought you in here for. We didn't bring you in here to be our number one guy. You are in a rotation with a bunch of other good defense alignment yep. that could potentially turn our defense into something that helps us win the Super Bowl. Okay. That's how you look at it. And like Richard said, you're giving up a third-round pick that you got because we lost some personnel people. So we basically are getting a free look. And if, and if you play at the level in which it – uh, uh, reward you a crazy contract, 
then we'll address that at the end of the season. And if not, he has an opportunity to go into free agency and we'll pick up the third round pick again. Yep, you could. But I'm going to remind you again, as Richard alluded to, as he opened up this topic, the 49ers rank 24th right now out of 32 teams in pressure rate on their pass rush. So it's not working. You, I see the talent. I see it on paper. I don't see the productivity yet. I don't see it from, what do you call him, Richard? Nicholas John Bosa, is that his? Nicholas John Bosa. Yeah. I, I don't see it they yet from him. He had a couple bad games, okay? Skip. But he's not taking and, and, over yet. And, I, and he, he's alluded to, uh, Bosa's talked about, remember, he held out. And he said, I, I, I didn't get my legs underneath me because I missed too much of, of camp. So, again, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. You see these rushes we're seeing right now? These are one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, straight up the field rushes. What they're doing is they're getting too sexy. They're getting too cute. And they're running these games. They're running too many games with a player that doesn't need games. Eric Armstead doesn't need games. Uh, Javon Hargrave doesn't need games. They need, hey, line us up. Four, get us our one-on-ones. They're going to chip Nicholas John Bosa because he's the reigning defensive player of the year. The rest of us are going to have one-on-ones that we can win. So when you take that away, when you take the pin your ears back, get your butt up the field, that Chris Kosarek, I mean, he harps on. He's one of yep. the best defensive line coaches in the National Football League, and he has taken guys who haven't had impact. He's taken guys that, that haven't had great careers and had – they got to San Francisco, and they had career years, six, seven sacks, because of the way he coaches and the tenacity and the attention to detail that he shows week in and week out. And I think that'll be a blessing to Chase Young, and it's going to be a blessing in this bye week because I think Kyle Shanahan is going to go to him and say, hey, Steve Wilkes, Chris Kosarek, nice to meet you. This is what we need. Chris, Chris, what do you need for your guys to be most successful? Because that's what we're going to do. We're not going from the back end to the front end anymore. We're not going yep. with these complex pressures. We're going pin our ears back, let our D-line eat coverage in the back end. Man, sounds desperate in San Francisco to me. That does not yeah. sound desperate. <laughs> what it sounds like is making adjustments, something that other teams don't do with their coaches. Oh. It, it sounds like what Richard is saying is they're going to probably make some adjustments you got to remember, everybody on the defensive staff is still intact. Steve Wilkes is a newcomer trying to teach yep. them his scheme and his thought process in the way that he thinks. So this is a perfect opportunity in the middle of the season to all get on the same page so when they come back out of the bye with the Chase Youngs mm -hmm. and the Gregories, the new additions to their defense that everybody's on the same page and everybody gets it. That's something you don't want to see, though, Skip. Mm. You don't want you. You are afraid because the Cowboys made zero moves, the Eagles made moves, and we see the Niners making moves, but the Cowboys, they didn't do anything. Okay. Nothing at all. Even and Detroit they got the Eagles moves. on Sunday at 4 Eastern, okay? What? We good. Oh, Okay. All right, little Jerry. <laughs> we good. Okay. All I know. Little just, Jerry? Hey, That's just, crazy. Not, not little Jerry. That's the last thing I <laughs> All I know is I give you Christian McCaffrey. That was a steal of a deal for Kyle and John and company. But I do not believe that Chase Young will have the impact on the defense that Christian has had on the offense. And I'm going to stand by that. And I think Richard I mean, kind of agrees with that. I don't think that. Richard is saying that. Kind of agrees. No, Richard's saying he wants to see. I think he's slightly skeptical. Just slightly skeptical of Chase Young <laughs> as Keyshawn should be. And, I'm not. Yeah. Why would I be, Skip? 
Because the, the commanders just said no. They that, said that, they're out. They, they said no because yeah. it's going to cost them. It's a financial decision. Yeah. Well, if, they if had to was, make the same decision if, if on he Sweat. Were, if he were Michael and Parsons. And they may not even be there. Or if he were Nick Bosa, they would not have said no to Chase Young. He's been injured. Uh, well, maybe they think he's always going to be, quote, unquote, injured. Maybe that is the case yeah. before a third-round pick that I got for free. And by the way, come on, how, how good is it for my Cowboys that Washington just unloaded no more Chase Young, no more Sweat. And y'all still might done. lose to him. Okay, we get to play him twice more. And you still dub, might lose. Dub, dub. Thank you. And you Thank still you. might lose like you lost to Arizona. Would you like to bet any dinners on either of those know. games? I don't know. I don't want to bet any dinners. <laughs> yes, Thank you. You become such a gambling man. Mm, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keyshawn just brought it up, so let's go there. Oh. Jerry stands pat. I'm going to tell you why Jerry Jr. here, me, I, I'm, I'm weirdly okay with that. Jerry Jr. Yeah. You're, you're not okay with that. Yeah. Here we go. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, let's get back to those Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones did warn us, and predictably, GM Jerry did nothing at yesterday's trade deadline. Stood pat, happy with 5-2, and two, heading to Philadelphia for the Cowboys' first showdown of the two with the Eagles this season. This is 425 Eastern this Sunday on Fox. So, Richard, you first. Did Jerry just blow any chance of contending for this year's Super Bowl? I mean, I don't know if he blew it. You know, I mean, are you a one guy away from a Super Bowl? Rarely are you. Um, was there an opportunity perhaps to explore some avenues, you know, maybe knock on some doors, maybe make some phone calls and figure out if guys are available? I mean, and specifically guys like Devontae Adams, who had that rough game. You could talk about Devontae Adams coming into Dallas and making immediate impact. Yep. I mean, sure, like, but you got to at least explore those avenues. So I don't think he ruined any chance at them making it to the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm not sure they were going in the first place. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be where they were going to be. But he could have gave them an opportunity to get better as a team, just like every other NFC contender did. You looked at Detroit. They strengthened their offensive line. You looked at uh, Philadelphia. They got Kevin Byer. Uh, you look at San Francisco. They got... Chase Young, you look at Seattle, they got Leonard Williams uh, um, and, they, and, and San Francisco got uh, Randy Gregory. So mm -hmm. you see guys, those are guys that are going to make impacts on this team, on these teams. They didn't play an arm and a leg. Seattle played a little bit more um, for Leonard Williams, but I think Pete was really high on him and he's going to make a huge impact on a defense that's already playing really, really well. Seattle was a team that's going to be dangerous, and I can't wait for that Thursday night game in either. Dallas because you know who I'm picking, Skip. I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks as I picked, and I think we got a dinner we on it. We got a I dinner on it. 
<laughs> I can't wait yum, for that. Yum, yum. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And by the way, Detroit did add Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I've always liked him. I, th- I thought that was a decent move. I know, didn't uh, one of you guys? Richard, Richard, Richard said they should go get a big go, receiver. Go get Mike Evans. Okay, yeah. but Richard, did that help Detroit at all? At least he, he's a bigger receiver. He, he's, he's not bad. No, I think, no, it, I think it helps he, him. He, he, he helps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it helps right. him because they got a quarterback that can deliver the football. He was stuck in Cleveland messing around with it. So now you're in a better place. You're in a winning team. It's yeah. just he'll, he'll show some of the flashes that he showed in Cleveland will be a more consistent basis in Detroit. Now, your question is, did Jerry just blow a chance to contend for the Super Bowl? No, he didn't. No, because they're going to contend just by making it as a wild card in the playoffs, you're going to continue. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the okay. But now we're back to Richard divisional and done, right? Is that I, what you're saying? I, I, all okay. I'm saying is, when you make the playoffs, you're in contention. You're in the okay. tournament. All right. So they're going to get in the tournament, I believe. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe it if they'd have lost to the Chargers, Understood. but they beat the Chargers, so I believe they're getting the tournament. Got it. Could it? Could he have kicked the tires on some players that? may have strengthened certain position groups on their team? Absolutely. Mm. We talk about the receivers. The problem with the receivers and Devontae Adams and company is their salaries are so high that they're going to eat up a lot of cap, not only this year, but also in the future when you got to pay C.D. Lamb. I can't pay pay $80 million in Mm. one room. Meaning, as a receiver group, you got Devontae Adams making what he's making, and CD's going to make what he's making, plus Cooks, yep. plus the other backups. You can't do it. And I got to save money for Michael Parsons because mm-hmm. he's going to be the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the league next offseason into the summer. Yep. So you start to look at certain areas. Could they have gone and surrendered a pick to the Chicago Bears for Jalen Johnson? They could have, but they're happy with what they have in the secondary. And depending on whether or not Diggs comes back at 100% when his time comes next offseason, they've done well. So I'm not mad at him. I just think that maybe if there was something that was there, Mm. you know, I don't know what the asking price for Derrick Henry was. Uh, Could they have signed Leonard Fournette on the streets to get a big back? Sure. Maybe they looked at it and said, well, he doesn't have enough gas left in the tank. You know, he reminds us. Of Ezekiel Elliott, we could have just kept Zeke if we wanted to do. Maybe that's some of the things that you look at. Mm -hmm. Now, I think a lot of Dallas Cowboy people like yourself, you want to see a reaction based on what others, as Richard said, did. Seattle got better. Mm. The 49ers got better. Philadelphia got better. The Lions got better. You didn't do anything because Jerry said, that we're okay, we're 5-2, and two. we're going to Philly, we feel good about our team. Yeah. You go into Philly, and you let those acquisitions, like guy like Julio Jones that you say doesn't do anything, mm-hmm. and Kevin Byer, you know, you're afraid of him because he's picked Dak off. Yeah. You let them make some impact plays against the Cowboys mm-hmm. and watch what happens to you on Monday from us. Okay, good. Mm. I'll be here with bells on because I'm going to be a happy camper on Monday. All right, I'm going to give you Jerry's mindset. I'm going to tell you what happened with Jerry Jones the last couple of days in Dallas. He does sit in on the meetings. Do I think Jerry's a really astute football man? I do not. Even though he played college football at a high level, he was a starting guard for a team that won the national championship in 1964 in Arkansas. 
But he sits in on the meetings and he listens to the analytics people and he listens to the coaches and he listens to Will McClay, he listens to everybody around, and he absorbs these facts. And I'm going to tell you what the facts are right now about the Dallas Cowboys at five and two. They are second in the NFL in points scored. But aha, they are number one in the NFC in points scored. That works. Let's look at the defensive side. They are fourth in the NFL in points allowed on defense. But wait a second. They're number one in the NFC in points allowed on defense. Well, that'll work. They're third in yards in the NFL, yards allowed on defense, third in yards allowed. But, oh, wait a second. They're number one in the NFC in yards allowed on defense. Let's look at turnover differential, shall we? They're plus six. Okay, that's fourth in the NFL, but but it's second in the NFC. And guess who's first? Weirdly, just an aberration, the Tampa Bay Bucks are first in the NFC in, in turnover differential. Dallas is plus six. The Bucks are plus eight, but they're only three and four. So will that last? No. So could Dallas wind up being number one in turnover differential in the NFC? Yeah, sure they could. Okay, so Jerry sits back and says, well, wait a second. We've now won 11 straight games at home. Oh, that'll work. And guess what? After Philadelphia, four of the next five are at home. Well, could we win those four? Sure, we could. Well, that, that's going to help. And we're going to Philadelphia, as I told both of you guys yesterday, with a Dak Prescott who is now career 8-2 and two against the Eagles. I can't explain it. He just – Different Eagles team. He just likes to see – Different Eagles team. Know. He's 3-1 and one as Dak Prescott at Philadelphia. He's in his comfort zone when he sees green in Philadelphia. So Jerry sits back and says, well, why do I need to respond to Howie Roseman or respond to John Lynch you, or respond to any of these other NFC he teams doesn't. when I'm I'm you know what? I'm sitting in the catbird. He seat. doesn't need to respond. Yeah. You know why? Do what he does. Yeah. You know why? You know why? Because in your own division that you're not the top dog in anymore, Howie Roseman exists. Skip. Let me give you just a couple Howie Roseman moves that, that have been pretty shrewd. Mm. Do you know the guy, they're 11 from heaven? He wasn't homegrown, Skip. No. He wasn't. Mm-mm. He wasn't. They had to make a call. They went and got they all got day. I give Always you that. open, A.J. Good. Brown. Good move. Huge impact player. All pro, pro bowl player. You know, on the other side of the ball, big play slay. Wasn't homegrown, no. Skip. Mm-mm. They had to go and get him. So those are foundational pillars of their championship team. Mm-hmm. They went and got, Skip. They went and got those players. They traded for those players. And those players are a huge part of their future and going forward. So when you say, why didn't he make a move? Why? You make those moves because you can find players that can make your team better, not only immediately, mm. but in the future. So mm. you watched a guy in your own division get his team better. And you said, ah, yeah. I, I see what's going on there. We, and they just went to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last year. You haven't went to the Super Bowl. So clearly, your strategy and the way you've been doing things is not leading you towards the championship you want to get to. Uh, but wait a second. Maybe we beat Philly to the punch because I think Dallas won the offseason because Dallas went and stole a guy you love, Stephon Gilmore, former Defensive Player of the Year, for a fifth-round pick. And Dallas went and stole Brandon Cooks for another fifth-round pick. So Jerry did his deadline deals last offseason. He beat you to the punch both times. 
and greatly strengthened our team and filled two holes. He plugged two holes. He, I, I, I love both. Yeah, I was of, just complaining about Brandon Cooks two weeks ago. Mm. Now all of a sudden, Brandon Cooks is the answer. Yeah, you saw him. But get you just deep. complained about him two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Now, now you're good. No, I, I saw him against the Rams. I saw him do what he does. He actually ran. Past I can see you against the Rams too. Okay. What does that mean? Okay, we Key, crushed the Key. Rams. Stop! We I know. He, I know he didn't just compare. He compare all day, always open AJ Brown's acquisition to Brandon Cooks' nope. acquisition at this point in his career. I know we did but not do that. But we already now, have. I'll give you Gilly. Gilly yes, is he a, did. Gilly is a great player. He, okay. he is a good corner. He's a great corner. He was a former defensive player of the year. There's no question about it. But Philadelphia didn't kick the tires on him because they got two corners that they like. They didn't need Cooks. They got a Devontae Smith. They got an A.J. Brown. Okay. They didn't need to. Y'all okay. needed to. Wait a second. We already have an A.J. Brown that you guys don't love or respect, but his name Ooh. is C.D. Lamb, and all he does is beast as he beasted against the Rams. So first of all, I'm not going to have you sit up here on this show <laughs> mm -hmm. and say we don't respect him. I respect right. him. Something's I like missing. his. Something I like his ability. Richard says, but there has been something. One, fringy number there, one. Skip, there has been yeah. something missing. Mm. Last week against skip. the Rams, mm -hmm. they made an adjustment and that's something missing, mm -hmm. which is moving him outside, moving him inside, mm -hmm. so he can utilize this talent mm -hmm. yep. on the outside edge of the numbers and not leaving him in the slot all the time. Okay. Now we got. Uh, uh, evidence of right. him in the red zone running a shake route for a touchdown. We have that evidence. We didn't have that evidence before, Skip. Okay. I'm, I'm still Skip, I'm Skip, good. I can't yeah. wait. Okay. I can't wait to see how you feel when he asks for more money than Tyreek Hill. Then I want to see how you feel. Because I, yeah, I want to see how you feel then, Skip. When he asks for more okay. money than Tyreek Hill, well, I want you to say, he deserves it. Give okay. it to him. Because well, I'll be there, Skip. Okay, if you were C.D. Lamb, would you ask for more money than Tyreek? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. I'm no asking question. for more money than the quarterback. Fan, All right. And if okay. you're a Dallas fan... Yeah. You're going to tell the truth. that That's when your truth okay, is going to come out. I, Whether you believe he's hey. a true number one, you're going to say, give him that money. He deserves it. Or are you going to say, mm, Skip, Okay, did I not tell the truth when Dak asked for what Dak asked for? I said, no, too much. Not worth it. And Jerry caved so, in in the end and got taken to the cleaners and the bank. And Dak Prescott was overpaid, except when he plays the Eagles. Then he's top five. So, so, does, so Dak Prescott so is overpaid. Is that what you just said? Did I hear you yes, say he's overpaid? Absolutely. I've said it from so the start. So at $40 million, dollars and others one. are making 50s and close to 60s, well, he was he's when overpaid? He got, when he got the money, That's he was the market. Overpaid. What okay. do you want to well, do today? It's going to be the same thing with yeah. C.D. Lamb. It's no, just no. going to be does the market. CD, does C.D. deserve more than Derrick Hill? Because that's the market. No. I oh, he would, did. So you, you don't I, think he? I, so okay, you don't Tyrese, think your top receiver deserves okay, to be the highest paid okay, he, receiver in the National Football League? You said no. He's the greatest deep threat I've ever seen. So no, no, I, that's not, I, I didn't ask away. you anything about deep threat. Okay. I'm gonna rephrase the question okay. again. Right, well, I'll answer. The guy for the Dallas Cowboys, your top receiver, yeah. does not, in your eyes, deserve to be the highest paid receiver but in the no, league. Nobody does. Oh, okay. nobody does but deserve to be the Lamb is top five. Top five. You guys don't even – Richard thinks he's a fringy number one. Like, he's not even top 20. So you still so answer the question. Okay, so no, gonna, I said he's I'm top gonna, five. <laughs> okay, I'm being honest so, with so, you. Okay. So you're saying Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase – 
You're saying He's Mike Evans. You're saying guys. You know? You're saying all day, always Stephon open. Diggs. AJ Brown. They're all the Stephon Diggs. I'll, these I'll are take my man. He's, I'll take my man. You'll you see take it your guy Sunday. over those guys. You'll see it Sunday oh, at Philadelphia. Okay. And by the so, way, I'm going to be honest so about it, this. I, I will. I will give you this. I was hoping against hope for Derrick Henry because I don't think Tony Pollard is healthy yet, and it scares me. Will he ever, a la Chase Young? get completely healthy because he had a career-threatening injury at San Francisco in the playoff game. Is he running the way he did last year? Does he have the same burst? I don't see it. So we are lacking a little bit of power football, even though Rico Dowdle is a load to deal with when he runs between the tackles. But again, I don't know what Der- what so, they were so, asking for Derrick Henry. Was it a second that so they might have been asking for a first? Skip. Would I have taken him? Sure, I would have taken so, him. So, Skip? Mm-hmm. You are admitting to me and Richard mm-hmm. you needed to get better is what you're admitting no, to. No, I said if No, 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 no. That's not what you just said. Skip. I just gave you all the stats you of why said, we're the best in you the NFC said we're sitting there. That Tony yeah. Pollard is not healthy. You would have liked to have gotten Henry. Enough. So that's telling sure. us. Okay. That's telling us you wanted to get better. Okay. You wanted to get better like the other three teams in the conference. Yeah. Is okay. that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. But, but when we talk about to. depth of pass rush where the 49ers are desperate to the point of being panicky with their pass rush, we got the best one in football. I've told you that from day one because we have the deepest pass rush in football because it starts with Micah. He's playing at a higher level than Nicholas John Bosa is or anybody in Philadelphia is, and all of a sudden it's DeMarcus Lawrence and it's Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler and it's Sam Williams and and it's, I can just, oh, Diggy Zua. We are loaded with pass rushers. Ours works, San Francisco's doesn't. We good. Now you're good. good. So you don't need to upgrade nothing. We good. So you're good. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a running back. Yeah. You didn't need a big time okay, receiver. But I you're told good. you from the start, we'll go as far as our defense will carry us, and it's carried us to five and two with all the stats saying we are atop the NFC, and we will show you that on Sunday at Philadelphia. Did you see the teams y'all played in the NFC, man? Yeah. Come on, man. Stop. Rams, after you told me for three weeks, the Rams are dangerous. Okay, I might tell you anything. Yeah. You going to believe it just because I say it? We crushed Come the on, Rams. you smarter than that, Skip. We crushed the Giants. We crushed Belichick. That's what we do. We if, crush you crush, if you crush Philadelphia, <laughs> if you crush Philadelphia, I give you a lot of credit. If you get crushed by Philadelphia, Skip, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a tell. Huh. Anybody want to give me We're gonna points? We're going to take – we going to – no, now you want points. Well, you give just, your points. No, no points. You, you guys are making the case. When you grew up betting, Skip, you yeah. didn't bet on no damn points. Yeah. It was either win or lose. And yeah. it's points, though. Me? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No. Skip, all of a the sudden, number one team man, in the NFC and all these categories You need points? Need points? Wait a second. When I'm you in high points? school, I'm betting with bookmakers. All I'm doing is betting points. Are you kidding Oh, yeah. I grew up in a different neighborhood I, than I, I you for, grew up in. I forgot y'all was running numbers back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Up next, we got to get to the NBA because there was a showcase game late last night on national TV. I saw Wimby displaying early clutch gene against KD. That's next. I knew you were going to say it. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Another big national TV showcase for Victor Wimbanyama. This one on TNT last night at Phoenix against Kevin Durant and the Suns, who led by 20 midway through the third quarter, yet lost 115 to 114 as Keldon Johnson and Wimby helped the Spurs outscore the Suns 33 to only 18, 33 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Richard, what are you seeing early on from Wimby? I'm seeing a guy that's being patient. He's taking his time. He's, he's letting the game come to him. He's not forcing things. Um, <clears throat> I'm seeing a coach that's smart with his minutes and smart how he's utilizing him, a guy that's playing hard and a guy that has tremendous impact defensively, and he has things that will continue to travel well. Uh, his defense, his effort level is there. He's a fun guy to watch. And, and it was really fun to watch the matchup with him and Kevin Durant last night because you, could, you, you, you hear about the similarities, but, you know, he's obviously – even taller and in longer limbs than even Kevin Durant. But, uh, but, but Kevin, you know, he got an up-close-and-personal view of Wimby, and Wimby got an up-close-and-personal view of Kevin Durant and what makes him great and what has made him great in the National Basketball Association for as long as he's been in it. Um, but I think he's going to be a fun talent to watch. I just, I just hope people give him time to develop and don't, don't put other people's expectations on him. You know, people will talk about – the success LeBron had early and, and what, you know, and they'll always kind of put the next person's expectations on him instead of being patient and just enjoying this kid's development. Yeah. His development is on track. I, I, when I look at him, Skip, and, and running the floor and playing defense and, and not even playing defense as hard as you might think because his size allows the shot trajectory to change no matter what. Oh, he puts that long paw up there. And a fingertip is a block shot. He had four blocks last night. Um, so as time goes on, he's only going to get better. As they surround him with better players, and he really gets a true understanding of the NBA game. Because remember, he hasn't really played this type of basketball. So it's a little bit different. It's a growing process. And like Richard said, the expectations. I'm not worried about the expectations because I think over time, as long as Pop is there as a the head coach, He'll bring him along slowly, just like he did with Tony Parker and Ginobili and all the rest of the guys he's coached. Kind of just bring him along. In the next two to three years, we'll be talking about something different. He needs to gain a little weight to me. Mm. He needs to stop turning the ball over. But that, all of those sort of things, I think, will, will work itself out. Um, dude is just, I mean, what can you say? You marvel at a dude that size shooting threes? Like, I've never, I've right. never seen, like, Kevin Durant, was a guy that you saw and said, why is he shooting threes? He's so damn tall. He needs to be driving to the lane. But the skill set is there. And once he, once he really learns the NBA game, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Mm. Okay. I'm going to restate what I first guessed on this. From moment one, I still cannot understand why at seven feet four and eight feet long, Wimby just goes and camps on the perimeter every offensive possession. I've never seen anything like it. I, I hark back to the early days of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Keyshawn, you and Richard obviously grew up watching Cap play for the Lakers. I saw him play at UCLA. I, I even saw clips of him playing at Power Memorial High School in New York. And, and again, he was freakishly tall. Kareem was at 7'2"-ish, I think yeah, it was 7'2". And yet 
Did Kareem ever go to the press? Never. He just camped in the lane because nobody could stop him. But that I don't, was a game, I, I don't, man, though, Skip. That was a game. No, it wasn't a game. That I was mean, a game. I mean, it's not the game four, now. They're shooting, okay. they shooting from the logo these okay, days. We've had four straight big guys win MVP in this I, league. Yeah, I, I, I understand you, you, you that. See how and and Joel Embiid shoots from the three, too. Occasionally, he's only a big man that can shoot threes. terrorize you in the post. And Wimby will not post up much at all and he is always guarded by quote unquote little guys the opposing center rarely guards Wimby because why, why should you waste him you want your center back in the lane so at some point he's got to quit falling so in love with the three he made two of six last night but he's had some overs against Houston he was over six I, I he that's his favorite shot and I want to see him go punish people Eric Gordon was guarding him in the first half last night Eric Gordon's about Six five ish, maybe, maybe six four, six five. I'm saying, Wimby. So you just want him to hold the ball up like this? No, no, no. Just go down the lane and just say, "Give me the damn ball." Didn't you say that once upon a time? That, but just give me the damn ball. You you can shoot little baby I, hooks I, over I, Eric Gordon. Nobody could stop you. I they couldn't it. stop Kareem in the lane. He dominated college basketball at UCLA because nobody could. They just lobbed it into him, and he's just shooting little baby sky. But hooks, in this right? game of the yeah. NBA, mm -hmm. you can do math. Three is greater than two, okay, man. I, I got That's it. not but what they do. But if you can do. make twos regularly, you're going to win championships. If you can make twos, yeah. But if your if your rear yeah. end, if somebody, if 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 I don't know, let me just you, PJ Tucker, if he's guarding him and he's pushing him out of there mm -hmm. because his rear end has no weight on it, then you taking him away from his strength. Yeah. His strength obviously is facing the basket. It's not with his back to the basket. Facing the basket from right. beyond the three-point line? Because that's what I mean, usually skip, happens. Skip, that's the evolution of the game. Oh. I mean, it's just like the national – it's like, it's like yeah. football. Football, you used to – championship football was run the ball and play good defense. Now you got quarterbacks that throw it 45 yeah. times a game. That used to be – it used to be unheard of. It, it, yeah. Everything evolves. This Trust has evolved. This. Steph Curry, this is – Every Steph time Randy catches it beyond the three-point line, the defense is like – <sighs> we can deal with this because you can't deal with him in the post because he's just too but, long but, but, and agile. But he puts the ball on the floor and he gets mm -hmm. to the rim. Yeah. You want him with his back to the rim. And he's it, not it, a back-to-the-rim guy, Skip. Get, why not? Because that's not what he's been doing. No, I don't you care. you got to give him time care. if I, you want him I, to develop. I know develop. how you do this, and you can do this. Nobody can Come stop Come on, Coach. That. Nobody can I, stop I understand that. what you're yeah. saying based oh, on his length and his size. Yeah. But you also got to understand – Okay, so if his back is to the rim and he's going mm -hmm. up against the Joker, mm -hmm. the Joker is, is, you know, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but he's probably he probably outweighs this kid by 75 pounds. Jokers aren't guarding yeah. him. But, little, but, little guys are guarding him. Yeah, but I'm saying night, when you get him, yeah, he guarded him through the first half. Okogi guarded him. Because he's not in the lane. Because he's not in the lane, Skip. If he goes uh, in the lane and posts up like you're, they're going to find him. They're, they're going to yes. be guarding him no. in that point. So no. the yes. reason they're getting those matchups is because he's on the perimeter. And then you run two at him and blitz him. Uh -huh. When you're running two at him, now he's got to kick back out yeah. and hope you got a shooter out there. Okay, so let's right. take a quick look at the first half when he struggled against Kevin. And Kevin said, watch this, Rook. I'll, I'll show you who's right. Kevin Durant here. This is an early steal by Kevin Durant over in the corner. If we could start with this one, this is early in the game. And again, Wimby does turn the ball over too much because he dribbles a little too high. But how can you not dribble high when you're seven feet, four inches tall? But he's second in the NBA in turnovers. So he, he got the ball. He got his pocket picked by Kevin there. Now let's go to Kevin 
Kevin's shot of the night was like a step-back baseline jumper over Wimby at full extension. Wimby goes straight up with him and timed it, and Kevin got the shot off up all over Wimby and made it. That was the shot of the night for Kevin Durant. Then Kevin got a running start dunk on him on an inbounds. This is another look at that. Kevin got a running start dunk on Wimby. And again, he had the advantage because, you, you, again, you got, you're in motion, but he just dunked on him, left-handed dunked on him, and got away with it. But Wimby came right back down on the other end, if we could see this. <clears throat> and Wimby says, okay, I'm going to put my head down <clears throat> this time, and I'm going to take it in and just go left-handed on Nurkic. No, I'm sorry. It was on Eubanks. It's 6'9 Eubanks. And he kind of threw it in left hand. Outside of the arc. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he kind of just threw it in. It was kind of weird. Okay, now let's let's go to the end of the game. And Wimby has proven to me against Houston late in the game. And then last night, he is clutch. He is not afraid. In fact, he seems to get more energy late in games where it's like, do get out of the way and give me the ball. And he makes this shot. That was a big shot because that cut it to... Um, to three at that point. And then now we've got the, if we can do the inbounds play here, this is Wimby and Kevin does not block him out. We're going to have to see that probably one more time. This, this is what happens. And Kevin says, okay, the ball is going to be inbounded. Okogi hits Kevin and Keldon Johnson just, just rips it right out of his hands. It could have been a foul, but they're not going to call it. And that was the game winner. So watch what happens in this play again. Kevin just doesn't block Wimby out. He just lets him run right past. Well, you can't do that. that that's okay, the game. So what, so what that's you, the game. So what are you getting at, Skip? Because you're getting at something. Right. No, Go on and right. get at what you want to get at. Because okay. you keep saying he's clutch, he's this at the end. Yeah. What are you trying to say? No, I'm trying to say that Kevin didn't block him out or they would have won the game. Because so he, he are you trying to say right Kevin right. is not clutch? Is no, that what you I'm saying Kevin, to? once again, we, as we saw against well, the Well, he Lakers, didn't block him out because his back was turned. He, he didn't even realize okay, he was going to come remember, down the lane. There is no book. There is no Beal. And Kevin has to do everything. And he runs out of gas. And he looked like in the fourth quarter he was running on him. So he ran, he ran yeah. out of gas yeah. because he had to block a guy out who's nine feet okay. tall, hey. who comes down the lane with hey. his back turned, yeah. and then he gets he's trapped gone. in the corner. You, you, the ball's you, you taken know, from him. You know basketball. He ran out of gas. You have to just turn and glance and see. But he's looking. Seven, he's looking guy. at the shot. Yeah. He's waiting you for the board to You have to block him out. You have to. That's how horrible. am I going to block anybody that's out that's nowhere horrible. around me? That's horrible. That's he's not even basketball. anywhere around him. He is too. He's right behind. He's guarding he him. He's guarding him. You, he you block the man out. You're guarding. Oh, you know this up. better. Oh, stop it. Now you're arguing against air. I'm not arguing. I'm trying to explain to you. Okay. No, I'm explaining to you because I, I know. I see what you're doing. I'm not doing That's anything. That's why you showed a Kevin little clip of should him have blocked out trapped Wimby. in a corner. You're going to let Wimby just go just lay it back in? Really? Skip, With the game skip. on Wimby the line? Wimby was almost at the three-point line. Tall, no, man. You block him out. He's you, your guy. That's how you do it. That's how you play basketball. You block him I out. I can't block a dude out if I don't see him. Oh, stop. He's your guy. My back right. just—I just, I just oh, turned my back. It. This is silly. When the ball this was in the air, Skip. All right, and inbounds to Kevin, and he lets Kellen Johnson just come right around his back and rip the ball out of his hands. So when he even, <laughs> even Kevin said after the game, I should have protected the basketball. Yes, he had yeah. the ball here. He didn't know the dude was gonna come from behind him and rip it out. Okay, but you gotta see him. He's Kevin bleeping Durant. I told okay. you he was headed somewhere. All right. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't have to head anywhere. I, I think we saw it, yeah. and we saw it. They lost yeah. to these Spurs. Wimby. They were up Wimby. 20 with seven minutes left in the third quarter, and they lost to the Spurs because they don't have Book and Beal. If they have Book and Beal, that, that could be a 40-point game. 
Yeah, they just they just lost by 40 to the Clippers the other night. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Uh, but they didn't lose by 40. They came back and won. But, I mean, I, I hear the point you're making about the box out. I mean, technically, it's fundamental. You, you do that. But he's, he got a foot on the three-point line. That's not necessarily what you're thinking in that scenario when a guy got a foot on the three-point line, like he's going to close the, the gap and get the offensive rebound and put it back up. I mean, that's not what I would be thinking, but I'm, I'm not a player in the NBA. I'm not an all-NBA player like Kevin Durant is. But, I mean, give him credit. Give him credit. He played well down the stretch. Mm. Um, they play well as a team. Yep. Uh, Phoenix took their foot off the gas. They deserved a victory. That's a big yep. win for them. They're 2-2. Two and two. Phoenix has to get healthy. Um, and I don't think Phoenix is concerned at all, but it's a great win for San Antonio. Yeah, it's a, it's a growing win for San Antonio. Remember what the Lakers did on opening night to Phoenix with just Kevin and no book and no Beal? Remember what happened in the well, we fourth had quarter? To, we had to play LeBron to win mm-hmm. the game. You did, and you won 33-19 to 19 in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah, we had to bring LeBron in to win the yeah. game. Last night they lost 28-11 to 11 at home in the fourth quarter. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. And so you're trying to say that it's because it's the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant is not good in the fourth quarter no, is what he, you're trying to say. He's been very clutch, but he's running out of gas without his two okay, that may, co-stars. Okay, and that may be yeah. the case. Mm-hmm. That may be the case. Maybe yeah. maybe they get in the fourth quarter and the shots aren't falling and yeah. things aren't happening. And if he had the two players out there with him, it would be a different fourth quarter. Yeah. Does it take anything away from him, though? Mm. It okay. just doesn't. I LeBron mean, James rested and came back in the fourth quarter. Mm. KD played basically the yep. entire game, played 38 minutes. Once upon a time, Kevin Durant would not have allowed that last night. Once upon a time, no, KD got to be tired of this. Yeah. In Brooklyn, his two superstars were injured and left him hanging. And Phoenix, <sighs> Phoenix's two superstars is leaving him hanging. I mean, he got to be tired of being left as the only one out there yep. putting on the show. I would agree. I mean, with I that. would be. Yeah. This All right, up guy. next, we go back to the Raiders. Josh McDaniels out. And the next Raiders head coach should be dot, dot, dot. We debate. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Sign me up. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Josh McDaniels 
fired on Halloween night. Antonio Pierce will serve as interim coach the rest of the season. Owner Mark Davis says he will begin a quote-unquote comprehensive search for a new head coach after the season. So, Richard, if you are Mark Davis, your top target to be the next head coach of the Raiders would be? Uh, Skip, I want to say Eric Bieniemy, but I don't know if I want this situation for Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> um, okay. Because it's a, it's a, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. Now, you got some good players, but you don't know what you're going to do with, with, with Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, you, you seem to have a, a solid offensive line. You got Devontae Adams, but you got a lot of unhappy guys. Your defense plays pretty solid at times. So I'm saying that there are pieces there where, where a good coach could probably turn this into a playoff team. Obviously, they were a playoff team, uh, but... It's just, it seems tumultuous right now. But maybe Josh McDaniel getting out of there, um, Mick Lombardi getting out of there, um, you, you'll start to see things come back together for this team and just look more cohesive and, and look more like a team. Uh, but I, I, otherwise, I would say be with you and say, uh, Dion, get up and go and, and bring your son and let's draft your son let's and let's, let's yep. start going. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. I, I would say Eric Bieniemy deserves a shot, and this will be as good of a shot as any. And, and right. it's about that time. All right. You know, you, you, you talk about coaches, right? And you say, well, who's the perfect situation? Well, let's just start with Antonio Pierce. Let's start with Antonio Pierce, who's there, who the building likes. And I mean by the building, I'm talking about the players inside that building, a yep. locker room. Agreed. They like him just as much as they like Rich Passaccia, who, in my opinion, should still be the head coach of the Raiders to this day. So AP knows how to coach. He understands players. He played in the league. He won a Super Bowl. He, he gets it. He's never been a head coach in the NFL yep. level, but many guys have never been head coach. Nick Serio was never a head coach, and then all of a sudden he goes to the Super Bowl. So let's start there. Then you talk about EB. Eric B. Enemy opportunity presents itself. Maybe it's not the right fit, but at least he can get the interview. Let's see how that goes. Then when you start talking about other guys, microwaving guys, right? Maybe you want to reheat a coach that had some mild success at once upon a time who's yep. sitting on the sidelines now in a Rex Ryan that you say, okay, we might want to go this direction. Maybe. And then there's always, obviously, the name is Deion Sanders is going to pop up. That's just the reality of it. They're going to have a high pick, okay, of some sort. Their, his son is a quarterback. They desperately need a QB yep. in the worst way mm -hmm. over the next couple of years. He's young enough to continue to develop. But does Dion want to take on the Raiders and the organization and uncertainty and all of what comes with that? And then the last candidate of all candidates, as I've always said, follow the Pete Carroll model. You know what the Pete Carroll model is? Once we get in a little heated trouble... I need to run back to the NFL. Ah. And that's Jim Harbaugh <laughs> and the Michigan Wolverines. Look, and, and he's a former coach at the Raiders, a quarterback coach. Some time ago, he was a yeah. quarterback coach there. So he has a little familiarity with the organization, and he wants to get back into the NFL in the right situation. It's perfectly set up for him, right? Michigan looks like it's getting ready to get into a whole lot of trouble. So why not kick the tires on him? Why not? Okay, I'm going to go back to Richard's first suggestion of Eric Bieniemy. I have high regard for him. I think he's a quality human being. 
I think he's a tough guy, and I don't think he got enough credit for what he was doing for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City to both of your points over the last few days on this show. It is now coming clear as Patrick struggles a little bit. I'm not saying he struggles mightily, but it doesn't look the same in Kansas City. It's possible because Tyreek's not there. I know they got away with it last year. They're not getting away with it quite so much this year. My pet peeve about the sport you guys played is it's hard for me to know whether a coordinator who just runs one side of the ball or calls plays for one side of the ball, if, if he is born to be a CEO of a, of a corporation, if he's to be a commanding officer of a football team. I have not been around Eric, so I don't know how he would be as a commanding officer of a football team. But I'm going back now to Keyshawn's first point. I do know Antonio Pierce because I work closely with him on first take at ESPN. Day after day after day, I was around him. I had many long football talks with him. Antonio has leadership oozing out of him. He has high qualities as Southern California guys. You guys know it. Richard, did you cross his path? I don't know if you he's a little before your I didn't cross time. Him. Yeah, OK. Be before me. But but again, Keyshawn grew up around him because they're yeah. again, Southern California. I can't remember where. He's he's out of Compton, I think. Yes, Antonio is. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, he's just ahead of you a little bit, Richard. But the point is, Mm -hmm. Antonio can command a room to me because he did win a Super Bowl. And and to Keyshawn's point, I will bet you that locker room believes in him, and I will bet you they will fight for him, and I will bet you they will start to make a case as they did for Rich Bisaccia that he should be not only interim, that he should get that tag removed, and at some point he should be the next head coach of the Raiders. I also believe that a quote-unquote minority owner, Tom Brady, is going to have big input into this, and I don't know which way Tom would want to go on all the names you threw out there, Keyshawn. The Harbaugh is going to come into play. Look, there, there are two franchises in this league that have real mystique to them, and they are Dallas and the Raiders. Those are the two, to me, and you guys grew up in part with the Raiders here in Los Angeles. But if I'm Deion Sanders, I look at those two as I belong one of those two places, probably in Dallas. I would rather, it, it just feels like Deion was born to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas has a coach, him. man. They have a coach and they're right now mm-hmm. we're, we're in a good spot. So maybe that's not in the cards, but could this be in the cards? Would Deion like to be Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, yeah. would it work? Sure it would. Could he get Shadur there? I don't know. That's probably a long shot, but I love Shadur in pro football. I, again, I'm, I'm leaning that he could be even a little better than Caleb Williams. That's just me because I love what I've seen so far when he gets no protection and, and he still throws parties on people. It, it is it's yeah. certainly intriguing yeah. to think that, that Dion could – coach the Raiders and be in the yeah. National Football League, that name is going to be a name. There's it no question be. about it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at all if nope. in the middle of the night, somewhere in the United States, Agreed. there's a meeting in an airport hangar somewhere between <laughs> the Raiders and Prime. I, I agree. Look, and, and as far as being a head coach, uh, Skip, mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with both sides of the ball. This is why you have an offensive mind and a defensive mind. You allow a defensive coach to do his deal. Just look at Kyle Shanahan. He's Mm -hmm. had successful defenses because his focus is offense. Look at Sean McVay. 
offense. I got good defenses. I hired Wade Phillips. Now I got Raheem Morris. I had Brandon Staley, who went on to be head coach. Because my focus is on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. So for Eric Bieniemy, his focus is the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Hire the right defensive-minded coach, the yep. right special teams coach. Then you, you have experience presenting to large groups yep. because you present to the offensive side of the ball. Yep. All you're doing is adding the rest of the team when you are having post-game conversations or halftime conversations or the Monday conversation after a game. You're just adding extra bodies. Yep. That's all you're doing. And then you break up an individual. Offense goes one way. Defense goes another. Special yep. teams goes another. So I'm not worried about that at all when it comes to first-time head coaches being able to do it. Because Josh McDaniels, again, I must say this, he's had two jobs, man. <laughs> two. And has failed at both. And in both jobs, he got fired before the season was even over. Yep. So right. if this dude he got, continues, he got, still got, I think he still almost got four years on his contract. My goodness. Yeah. So think about it, though, Richard. If he can get a job, why can't he be? Or why can't Prime? Very or why can't question. Steve Wilkes yep. hold on to a job? Yep. Okay. Last name. Oh, why I'm can't gonna, Jim yeah, Caldwell get another? No, there's another one. Oh, yeah. There's another one. All right, last name I'm going to throw out, and I do not want to lose him, but listen, Richard knows this. Dan Quinn can coach, and he is coaching mm -hmm. his tail off on my defensive side of the ball in Dallas. He was up 28-3 to in a Super Bowl over Brady and Belichick, and you know what happened. But I have been shocked we have been able to hang on to him, and I still don't know how Jerry manages to keep Dan Quinn in-house and in place when he's I don't know, he's been the target of be four or five different teams over the last two or three years. The and most, yeah. The most important thing, Skip, is the owner. It is. Who am I working right. for? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, what type of owner am I working for? Yeah, he's interviewed for jobs. Yeah. But is it the right fit? You know, That's because it. Jerry going to pay him whatever to stay. Yeah, whatever but it is, is it the right him. fit? Is it the right owner? Yep. Is the owner going to stay out the way? Is he going to allow me to do my deal? Yep. And if that's the case, maybe that's the right fit. But if you got a meddling owner, Skip, I got it. Nobody, it's like, nah, I'm good. Good point. Dan, Dan Quinn is a motivator of men, is definitely a head coach. It's just not the flashy play. And everybody these days want to go with these flashy offensive coordinators. Yep. That's flashy. Oh, it's cute. They run these cute offenses instead of the right pick. And that's the problem. That's yep. what the Denver Broncos did. They went with Sean Payton because Sean Payton's pedigree. They were even willing to trade a first-round pick to the New Orleans Saints instead of just signing Dan Quinn. And so, okay, that's what you go with. I think Dan Quinn is the perfect fit in L.A. if they make a move. Okay. But that's just a story for a different All day. Right. All right. We have covered lots of bases. Now let's go back to my Dallas Cowboys Micah Parsons just keeps gushing and gushing and gushing some more about the Eagles. I'll tell you up next why I do not love fly, it. Fly, Eagles, fly. My man Micah Parsons just keeps talk, talk, talking on his weekly podcast. For the second week in a row, he raved about the Eagles this week saying, I'm not a person that lives in denial. I don't think the Eagles have played their best football at all yet. They know they're so good that they can beat a lot of teams off of talent. They have the most talented roster in the NFL without a doubt. They got talent at wide receiver, running back, D-line. I mean, they just got crazy talent. 
Mike is even calling the Eagles, quote unquote, special. I'm on record. I've said on this show, I do not like Micah doing a weekly podcast during the season. And I definitely do not like what he keeps saying about the Eagles because I do not think his teammates will like it. But I'll let Richard and Keyshawn try to convince me otherwise first. So, Richard, do you believe what Micah is saying about the Eagles is gamesmanship or just brutal honesty? I think it's just brutal honesty. I think it's analysis skip he's trying to be an analyst i agree and and i as somebody who's had a weekly podcast while he was playing it's a certain way you got to go about things and you got to try your best to still be objective even though you're on the team now is he gonna you you can't say anything incendiary you know you don't want to make headlines you don't want locker room material you don't want to you don't want to blast any player personally or do anything like that so I think he's he's doing the best job he can navigating it. Do I think his teammates would have a problem with it? Not really. I mean, they're having these conversations in the locker room. They're seeing the tape. They see what the Philadelphia Eagles look like. And he's whoa, arguably the best player on the team. So who is going to say something to him? Who's going to be the one to say something to him? Now, if he wasn't one of the best players on the team, then sure, you'd have a discussion like, hey, you probably don't need to be talking as much as you are. You bring it too much attention to yourself. Yep. But he's a first-team All-Pro, one of the best players on the team, always up for defensive player of the year, only in his third year. He can say as he pleases, as long as it's not a distraction or detrimental to the team, and I don't think it is. Mm. Skip. Yeah. What's the Cowboys' record? Five and two. And what's the Eagles' record? Mm. Seven and one. Seven and one. Mm. Trying to go to eight and one. Yep. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with what he said? There's nothing wrong with what he said. He's mm-hmm. only telling what he sees, which is there a six, a seven and one football team, which says that you are at the top of the National Football League. Mm. You obviously must be good. Mm. He sees the same film. Mm. You know, as me and Richard say, red dot guys, you know how you hear us say that a lot? Yep. They got red dot guys all over the place. Mm-hmm. All over so the- when they're sitting in their coaching uh, room with the coaches watching film, they're putting the red dot on A.J. Brown. Mm. Don't let him do this. They're putting the dot on Swift. Don't let him do this. They're putting the dot on the, uh, on Hurts. Don't let him do this. Mm. Oh, if you allow Devontae Smith to get going, here's what he's going to do. Red dot, guys. Mm. So he's only telling the truth. Okay, so you want your best player on the team to say they are way better than us, it, and we got to go play them at their he, place. He, he didn't say they were yes, way he better. Did. He's he making say, the case. He didn't he say they're way better than us. I he says he they're a talented team. They're very good. They're the best team in the National Football League. They still got to play them, though. Mm. You, you're looking at it from a fan's perspective. No, I'm, I'm now, actually, we're trying to bring you in mm. into the room, Skip, yeah. so that you can really understand I, I it's not going to affect. Bring him in the locker room. Bring I'm, try, him in the locker I'm trying room, to bring him in the locker room if you allow me to. Yeah, I, I, you know, if you, I, if you, you allow know me funny, to, I'm I, trying to bring you in so I, you can really understand. I, I that probably, means nothing. I probably spent more time in locker rooms than you two combined did because I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I used to live in locker rooms. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'm talking about locker room conversation. I I and so it. in the end, you're down on him about his podcast. Everybody got podcasts. What that means? Okay, but Richard, nothing. Richard, back to you. You say you did a podcast while you were playing. When did it start? What year did it start in? What was that, year nine, ten, ten, ten maybe? And you had played in two Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken, and won one of them, correct? Three. No, you three because of San Francisco. Okay. All right. Richard said correct that three. No, but but he did. Okay. So my point is 
Here's how I feel about Micah. I'm his biggest fan, but to me, he has proven nothing in this league. I'm talking about at the highest level, proven nothing. But what nothing. has he done? It's so wrong, There's no yeah. defensive player of the year. There's no Super Bowl appearance yet. There's no Super Bowl appearance. I think he's the best player on the team. I think he's more valuable than Dak Prescott. I've said from the start, we will go as far as he and this defense carries us. But I don't want him doing a weekly podcast yet because he's not ready for it. And he is trying to be a commentator. I, I think he's got a, a desire, a future. He wants to sit alongside you on this show. In fact, going back two years ago, we thought for a while we we're going to have him on the show once a week. So I, you, you can say I'm being a hypocrite. I would have welcomed him on the show. I was literally about to say, you've been a hypocrite. Okay, okay. No, I, I got it. But on a podcast, we, it, it, it's a bottomless pit. It can go on. I'm about to tape one right now after this show. It'll go for an hour. So, Richard, so, I don't know how long years go. So, it could go 40, 50 years. Years, Keyshawn, can you, you could talk for an hour. The problem is when I watch him talk on his podcast, it's clear he has no real direction. He's just riffing, man. He just What is and, he and, saying okay, that's wrong? And, and here's the problem. After a while, he's losing some of his mystique where I, I want I want some mystery about him. He is a monster on the football field. And if you just keep divulging and divulging on your podcast, you lose a little of your aura on the football field because how you're so, not the, Skip? How, I just told you how, how so because you're talking about things where uh, oh, now I can sort of see inside you. I see how you think. So let me There's ask you no a question, though, Skip. Let me, no let, me bring, let me bring something yeah. to you, though. Mm -hmm. So I was drafted in 1996. There, yeah. was, no, there was no podcast. No. Mm -mm. You know, I had a weekly television show on NBC in New York. I got it. On a weekly basis. Yeah. It didn't change. The mystique was still there. Okay. Nothing you, changed. You, you, you got to ask questions by an interviewer, by a host of the show. Am I right? Uh, we did and, a little bit of both. Yes, that is correct. And, and you would do player speak, and you'd try to sort of dance around tricky well, questions. I'm not a player yeah. speak guy, so oh, it wasn't going to work for me. I'm going to tell the truth. Okay. I'm going to tell the truth. My right. whole point of bringing that up is it doesn't affect anything on the field. Yeah. It does not, because okay. if he if he goes out there and he plays at the level that yeah. you anticipate he should be playing at, yeah. I'll, you're not I'll, even going to have a conversation. I'll take the highest level, because I spent a lot of time around Michael Jordan in Chicago. I could not have imagined him doing a weekly podcast, but, even after he'd won five going on I, six I understand. Because you, can you imagine him talking about the Lakers? The Lakers are I, special. I, I, I understand The that. Knicks, the, they're loaded. It's they got talent. Top Listen, Michael barely spoke to the media, and it maintained mystery and mystique about him because you, you never knew exactly what that guy was thinking, and he was obviously the greatest player ever. But you don't know what sport. he's thinking. Micah, he's no, just you gushing. Don't. You oh, don't know. You don't. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he's saying this to I, get you all tickled and excited about no, it, and I he's gonna so. go out there and smash him. He could be playing that role, so okay. you don't okay. know what so he's thinking. So, are you saying he's blowing smoke? Because he could. Richard said brutal. Brutal honesty. I mean, he could. He okay, could. Richard, your I, first I, answer was brutal honesty. That's what I, I think, think it I is. I think he's just I think he's just giving analysis. I, I do, yeah. but I do think it's a different day and age. Could you imagine Jordan trading jerseys with somebody after no. a finals game? I could yeah. not. Could you imagine Jordan trading jerseys with a rival at any point? No, you could not, but kids do it week in and week out these days. Okay. It could be your greatest rival. I know, but I want Micah Parsons to be Michael Jordan. I want him to get up on that level at, at some point, and I don't love this because as the leader of this team, in at least I want him to be, 
He's sending a message because I think he's just street, speaking straight from his heart. He's saying Philly's just better than we are. Now, are so what, if he, said, what if he called them bums? Would you be happy then? No, you don't have to call them anything. Okay, so like, if he said that they were not, they're not, they're overhyped, they're not as good as people think they are, would I, you be I know satisfied what, I know then? what Keyshawn would say. They're a good team. They're a good team. We'll, we'll show up. They're a good team. Yeah, they're I would say team. that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's what That's no say. different than what he's saying. Oh, he's saying they're special. Oh. They're loaded. And, and I think he's just trying to be Mr. Analyst. There's time for that later in your career after you've done what Richard accomplished. Then you well, can start I, doing podcasts. I hope you're right and I'm wrong for the sake of the Eagles yep. winning on Sunday. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Up next, it is time once again for Young Money. Here we go. It is time once again for Young Money, featuring two protégés of Lil Wayne's, two buddies of mine, Yella Beasy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from Wayne's hometown of New Orleans. Alan, your Saints are starting to show some signs of life in an extremely winnable division, but let's focus on the NFL's game of the year so far, at least in my opinion, Dallas at Philadelphia. Alan, who wins? Philadelphia Eagles win. As I said earlier in this um, in, in, in the season, I felt like the Dallas Cowboys are the bullies on the block. You know, they love to beat up on lesser opponents. They love to beat up on people they know they can beat. But they got somebody their own size coming in. Um, the lights are going to be as bright as ever. It's a big game. And I'm looking forward for the Philadelphia Eagles to, um, to win the game. Both teams are undefeated at home. I don't see none of that change. And I feel like they're pretty equal on both sides of the ball. Both teams have a lot of talent. But um, the, the, these are the games that you pay Dak the 100 M's for to show up in these moments, not to beat up on the Rams, not to beat up on these lower-level teams. It's to win these big games, so he's going to have to show and prove. Um, and I think he understands that. It's been crickets on that side. We haven't heard a lot coming out the Cowboys, if anything. I mean, you just heard Micah talk about how they're number one in the power rankings, two wide receiver ones, all these yep. Hall of Famers across the ball. Wow. I don't know if this is some sort of mental warfare, some sort of mind game or tactics. Not sure what he's doing. Sometimes he's talking. Sometimes now he's giving all the credit to him. So um, I don't think the Eagles need any more motivation. I think they clearly understand what's at stake and the ramifications for winning this division with this game. So as I said, both teams undefeated. I don't see that changing. I think they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready and up for the occasion. Um, a lot of people said the Eagles have been shaky of late, but I just think they've been playing down to some of the competition. We know that um, you can't understate or take for granted a W in the NFL. So every win is still big. When they were tested in their big game against the Miami Dolphins, we saw them win by two scores opposed to the Cowboys in their biggest game. When they were tested against the 49ers, things didn't go their way, which is part of the reason I think they aren't talking too much. You know, I think things didn't end favorably for them when they did that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're taking a different approach. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think Cowboys will come ready to play, but in the end, I think the Eagles are winning. In my case, it's a win-win no matter what. I mean, the Eagles go out there and handle their business. I nail my prediction. And if somehow the Cowboys pull it off, it's just going to fuel that, that delusional fire. <laughs> and in the end, which we inevitably know how it's going to be put out. So. Yeah, but, but wait a second. It won't be delusional if we go to Philly and win. It'll be real. I mean, well, if you go win, I mean, it would, it would, it would bring some validity to them as Super Bowl contenders. But yeah. in the end, I'm still not going to buy it. But they have to get, they have to get it done, you know. And their, and their biggest test earlier, uh. they would be badly. The Eagles so far in their biggest test when they had the Dolphins, they won. I think they know what's at stake, and right. we'll see how. Happens. Yeah, get them, Yella. Everybody in the lost games this year that they weren't supposed to lose to That's teams they wasn't supposed to lose to. The Eagles lost the game. That 
the Jets. They was not supposed to lose to. Yeah. So we can't we can't contradict ourselves and say, oh, oh, W is a W. Then we come back pedal and say we're winning teams. It's like you can't you can't can't do that because it's all in the game at the end of the day. They all get paid a good salary day in the NFL for a reason. I mean, no, they're not they may not be the best teams or the best teams or had a the, the the most skillful players at that time, but then the NFL, we ain't got no excuse for them, man. They they making millions. Like we can't have no excuse for them. So at the end of the day, it's all in the game when it comes to from from that mm. aspect. But for us, Dallas and Eagles, I feel like we're in the rhythm. I feel like Dak is playing at a good uh, a good yeah. good high pitch. You know, I yeah. feel like he's scrambling, using his legs. He's 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 making more pay, plays instead of just laying down. You know, and I feel like that's what's gonna make a whole different yeah. type of outlook and change of this game. Like you are gonna have both quarterbacks. They are gonna use their legs. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a battle. I'm not gonna act like it's not gonna be no clash now because like Eagles no pushover. We know what they can they can um bring to the table. We already know what they can what they can do, you know, from play calling to defense to offense. Like it's just, it's like they, they they don't really have weakness if you just ask me, but they haven't been playing to their best capabilities either. No, and so Al, yeah. with that being said, they can be beat. Yeah, Alan, let me throw this back at you. For, for some weird reason, Dak Prescott is 8-2 and two career against yeah. Philadelphia. For yeah. some weird reason, he's 3-1 and one at Philadelphia. I can't explain yeah. it, but I do love it because he's not very good against San Francisco and other big playoff-type right. games. Yet, I'm looking at what Dallas is at 5-2 and two right now. They're number one in the NFC in points scored. They're number one in the NFC in points allowed. They're number two in the all-important turnover differential at plus six, but they're only number two to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are weirdly plus eight, yeah. but their record's three and four in your sorry division. So <laughs> th- there you go. So I, else we again, know. <laughs> I, I think Dallas is actually being underrated at this point. Well, I don't think they're being underrated. They're, they're, they are a good football team. They've played especially well at home but on the road you know they were they were whipped twice one of the games was a was a close call against the chargers they haven't been that good on the road and um as, as good as he's been against philly philadelphia is aware of that as well and i know you said yellow that every win is the same which i agree every victory is as important but we all know that certain certain victories hold more emotional significance and play to momentum as that 49er game was as this game will be so i do agree every win is important but these are the games that that play to the psyche you know that that, that can can bring a lot of confidence to that locker room. So I think it's going to be an important and game. Dak does seem to have Philly's number. He does. I think Philly's aware of that as well, and I think that gives them a lot of motivation to come out here. I don't think Mike trying to brown nose him and say Michael Parsons talking about how good they are. And this and that. I don't think that's, that's, that's going to be in their head. I think they're going to come ready to play this game. They understand what's at stake, and we're going to find out. I'm going to tell you this, though. That he, 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 he can't come out there making all those turnovers, but we already know what we do with our turnovers. We make the best of them. So I mean, you know, he, he's 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 like, well, he number two in the league in turnovers right now, or something like that. Yeah, and in, in turn in in committing turnovers, we're we're very we're much better than we were a year ago. But yeah. this just feels right on schedule for yeah. one of those inexplicable Dak turnovers. Like right when he's playing well and everything seems to be good, is when he'll give you one of these turnovers. So you talking about on that? Man, side. we had one last week. We did. We ch- We ate that. We had that. That was an accident last week. We had one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we got that out of our system. <laughs> we got that out of our system. We had one last week. Yeah. So in the end, Alan, put your pride on the line. What's the final score? You got Philly by two touchdowns? 28-24? No, I don't. I have it I have it a lot tighter. But last time I went with a tight game, 
when I came on here and said the 49ers, they went the total I was 49ers killed them. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was a 10 point, 10 point plus game. But I do think the Cowboys are going to come ready. I think they learned from the last game. I do I think, too. I think they will be ready to play. I think I give the edge. Playing in Philadelphia, the Eagles will be ready. They understand what's at stake. They do know the stat you just mentioned about Dak's record against them. They're aware of that. I think the coach will have them ready to play, and I think Philly gets it done at home. All right, we got to leave it there, gentlemen. Good job. See you next week. Up next, we got to get back to the NBA. James Harden. Well, well, wait a second. Will he let Russell Westbrook play point guard? Yikes. Back to the NBA. Kenny Smith made the point last night on TNT that he would move James Harden back to two guard and let Russell Westbrook run the point and initiate the Clippers' offense. So, Keyshawn, if you coach the Clippers, how would you use Harden and Westbrook? You know, the Jet had Kenny, – Kenny has something – the Jet has something there. All right. Because when you think about it, we already know that Westbrook can distribute the ball. He can give it up. He doesn't have to take the length of the floor and hot dog it and score it. This is not OKC days. He's got playmakers around him. So, we know that. Now – can James Harden stay active on the move, though? Because you can't just have him stand in the corner, right? Can he, yeah. can he be active and fall in line and say, okay, I'm going back to the two, two spot, even though it's positionless basketball yeah. these days. I'm going back to the two spot. And when I get the ball in my hand, I know I can step back and create my own shot if I need to. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. They've got to figure out when they're on the floor together how it's going to work. I don't believe that they're going to be on the floor the entire time together, right? I think you you may start Westbrook, and at some point in time, he goes to the bench, he comes back with the second unit, and he does what he's always done, which is lead the unit in scoring and assist, things of that nature, because you got to have somewhat that energy yep. on the second unit, and I he brings that. that. So mm-hmm. I would look at it from that standpoint. Mm. I agree. I agree. I think this would be the best use if they're both going to stay in the starting lineup uh, because James Harden can spot up and shoot. There will be three guys that can spot up and and hit threes and punish you from beyond the arc. So if it would leave the lane open for Westbrook to to do what he does, he could slash, he could penetrate and distribute. He he could cause chaos and get guys open looks. So I think that would be the best um, way they could use these three or these four players together. But I'm not. I still. I, I'm not sure how it's going to work because I still feel like the way James Harden is coming, he's coming with promises of things being a certain way. And you yeah. see how he did last time. He got promised something, and things didn't go the way he was promised. He was not very happy about it, Skip. Yeah, which is why he's been on fourteen. Oh, stop! Two months, Richard. Man, you've been around <laughs> Skip too long. Stop. No, stop with the hate, man. I'm just saying. Up. I'm just being saying. enlightened. I'm going to double down today on this once again. This is going to be a train wreck before all is said and done, train wreck. But the only way this will work is if Russ is relegated to backing up James and running the second unit for about 15 to 18 minutes a game. And I do not see how Russ is going to be happy with that. That's going to be the problem. But if it has any chance of working, James has to run the point the way he ran it for Embiid last year in Philadelphia and for obviously for Tyrese Maxey. If James can run the point and, and relegate his, 
his ego to mostly being assist driven as opposed to shooting, you know, shoot first point guard. I think you could be pretty good because he can distribute the ball to Kawhi and Paul George on the wings and, and get make the ball move a little better because the, the Clippers have been without a point guard since back in the pandemic year when Pat Bev ran the point for them. And he was pretty good at that. At that point, he was 31 at that point. But my point is, I do not see how you can keep James and Russ on the floor together. Over the last seven years, Russ is number one in turnovers in the league. James is number two in turnovers. It will not work. They fell completely apart when they tried to play together in Houston. I know they were hugging up on each other in the locker room from the video I saw. They'll start they were fresh. They good yeah. in Houston. Okay, so... They were not good, though, yeah, in Houston. They, they had nothing not around them. Okay, so will, will Russ accept being the backup to James Harden? That's the only I don't way think it, I don't think apply. it's a backup role. One thing that James Harden does is he spreads the floor. Okay, that, that, that's the key thing. Can you spread the floor? And when Westbrook has the ball, can they spread the floor? Can you find the spot-up shooter, like Richard says? And when you put the ball in James Harden's hand, he can play iso ball at that moment in time. I don't need him to bring it up the court to play iso ball. So I, I like it. I, and then you talk about 15 to 20 minutes of the second unit. He can get 15, 20, 25 minutes be, in combination of how you how Ty Lue does the rotation. Mm. I pity Ty Lue. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 I pity Ty Lue, too. I, uh, it's why, a tough, wait, it, let me ask y'all a question, though, Richard. Why do you pity Ty Lue? Why? What, is, what has... I, Westbrook and Harden done wrong to Ty Lue. Well, what have well, they done Harden wrong to every there. other coach they played for? They're the two biggest I, I coaching headaches in the league. How, how are they two biggest coaching headaches as, in the league? At, well, they have been. Notoriously. Everywhere. Where? Russ, Russ hasn't done anything but play hard in the playoffs. That's all they play he's well done. in the playoffs. He play, he's playing well this year. He's playing hard this year. He's playing his role. Uh, James Harden hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't played a a game for him. But what I'm saying he's done for the past two organizations, and I, I'm, I'm – look, Key, I'm usually with you on every – we lock and step on a lot of these things. But I do not agree with the way the man has been moving these last couple of years. I just don't – that's just how I am. You know what I mean? You can't just keep burning bridges. Hey, hey, I quit. I'm out of here. And he said, hey, I need Russ. Russ, come over here to Houston. And then he said, Russ, I'm quit. I'm out. You go. You, you have fun. No, they, and then they he, he moved did the same. Russ to Houston. They moved him over there. Because he asked him for it. If they're going to give you picks for a player and you have a relationship with another guy and then they go to Houston and all of a sudden Houston decides they're going to blow something up, what is James Harden supposed to do? The reason I say, as Skip says, oh, they're coaching nightmare headache. And I'm trying to understand Westbrook got into it with Darwin Ham, one guy, mm -hmm. one, one coach. Right. Okay. And then you and then you you talk about James Harden left Brooklyn. Brooklyn was falling apart. The sky was falling. Mm. Kyrie wanted out. Then Durant went in, out, back in again. Then he went to Europe to talk to Joe Side. Then he was back in. Like, come on. Mm. What do you expect for the dude to do? Just sit in Brooklyn? I don't I no, because he didn't sit in Brooklyn. He went to Philly. He asked, hey, move me to Philly. That's where I'm going to have my success. And then he gets to Philly, and then he asked to be moved again. That's where it gets me. It's not the move from Brooklyn that gets me. It's the last move, the most current move, where it's like, like man, I mean, y'all did all right last season. Like, you, you want out every time? It's, it it got to be the yeah. perfect situation. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, It's what basketball, we doing? man. 
What do you expect for them to do? It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Yeah, that's why a lot of people aren't watching the NBA right now. Well, I watch. Yeah, so do I. So, I love the NBA. I watch, I, I watch my Lakers. I, I love Richard Sherman on this show because he gets it. He, oh, he God. Richard Sherman, like I said, he, he sitting up. You done brainwashed him and poisoned yeah. his brain. Yeah. Richard don't Look, know if he's Key, coming I, or going sometimes. All right. All right. I, up I, next. Key, I'm upside yeah, down now. If Skip's agreeing with me, I don't feel great. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> all right, up next, Coach Prime calls out the NCAA after his locker room was robbed during Saturday night's game at the Rose Bowl. And we react. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Here is what Deion Sanders had to say about the valuables stolen from Colorado's locker room Saturday night during the game at the Rose Bowl. He's got robbed during the game last week. I think that's the travesty, and we. I would expect the NCAA to do something about that. This is the Rose Bowl. They said the granddaddy of them all, right? I'm sure granddaddy has some money. Grandpa should have some money to get these kids. When it comes to kids in regards to the kids, the NCAA, you do something about everything else. Do something about this one. Keyshawn, <laughs> your reaction. I, 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 don't, I, I love Prime, but I don't put this on the NCAA. I put this on the Rose Bowl. I put this on UCLA, and I put this on Colorado. And the reason I say this is there's at least three sources of revenue stream that can come from insurance. I know the Rose Bowl got insurance at some level. I know UCLA has insurance at some level, and Colorado certainly has insurance at some level. And I'm not talking about Skip and, and Sherm about telling them all they can get is a max of $200. No. Give them what they deserve. Yeah. They damn money back so they can go buy what they need to buy. Mm. Look, some of them fake chains going to be real chains, Keyshawn. But uh, they, they definitely deserve their money back because that's supposed to be a secure area. These kids are have to be there for this game. They have to be there. They have to put their stuff in this area. They have to leave it in the locker room. It's not like they have the option to take it on the field with them or, or, or grab it with them. So, yeah, they should be able to trust that area is safe. And if it's not safe, I need to be reimbursed for the things that I brought to an area that you made me put it in mm. that wasn't safe. Mm. Deion Sanders proves once again he is the best speaker, the most entertaining interview in all of sports. He showed you right there in the clip we just ran. I love it that he called out the NCAA, even though nothing's going to come of it, but yeah. he called them out. Yeah. And I love it that he keeps Colorado in the news because they deserve to me to be in the news. And I love it that he stands up for his kids because his kids are going to love him back for it because that, that's how... That, that's how you win them over. You fight for their right to get paid, and if they get robbed, you fight for their right for somebody to take care of them. Way to go. All right, that is it for Sorry, our, yeah. today's Undisputed. We're back tomorrow at 9.30. To beat Skip up again tomorrow. I can't Not wait again. to win again. <laughs> <laughs>